1: What up? This is Myron and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the down on the docks on the other side of the tracks, dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners that you are listening to right here on the Odyssey app or at Odyssey Sports or hey, wherever else you're getting that podcast action from. I'm not going to judge. I'm fine with it. I'm down with that as long as you are liking, subscribing, and of course, enjoying the Rye Bread and Mustard a podcast. And those same feelings go for our YouTube channel as well. Also, if you've not said hello yet to us, head on over to our socials and say what's up. And if you've seen the gear down at the ballpark, maybe in the bar, out in the streets, and right now we're rocking these hoodies out here in seattle i just got back up to seattle and summer is over so head on over to at simply.cora on etsy or instagram pick yourself up a hoodie maybe you know something to wear down to the postseason dare i say postseason yes uh the mariners yeah um Another tough series loss, um, especially when it's the Astros, especially when it's in Seattle, especially where you take the fate out of the Mariners' hands now and um, put their backs up against the wall. Yeah, we're going to be right back and we're going to be talking about it uh, right after this. Get
0: ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ballgame.
1: I want to see the ends. The Mariners are playing hardball. Hit it again and again and
0: again. Hit it again. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the
1: Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdom. Oh. All right, look, we got what four games left it's it's the regular season is coming to a close i'm doing this episode today by myself in an empty house that is being sold in magnolia in seattle on a rainy rainy night where i just went down to t-mobile park after coming from sunny california to uh you know step into a mud puddle in my Griffey's as well as finding my car that I had left here up here with my cousin that had the windows down while you guys were having some rainfall up here. So I went to T-Mobile Park and froze my ass off watching this game that just went down. Big crowd tonight down at T-Mobile Park even though uh, with the bad weather the roof was up, the place was jumping Cal Raleigh's throwing out guys in the first inning. Get three good innings out of Miller. Let's go back to the Mariners hopping out the gate. JP hitting the home run. We got Valdez out on the mound freaking out because of the umpire. What, Larry Vanover is his name? One of the worst umpired games I've I've ever seen. I'm not one of those... Uh, pro we need an automatic strike zone I'm pro we just have to have better guys back there behind the plate anyways Mariners had a chance to knock the Astros out in the first and in the second I believe even in the third missed opportunities 16 strikeouts yeah they walk nine times but they're just not putting the ball in play you can walk you can strike out you got to put the ball in play missed opportunities I've said it probably three times already in this episode. I've probably said it three billion times this season. Hanno always says it. It's just this theme of the season, the through line of this uh season in every single episode we talk about a lot of missed opportunities um that's obviously why you see the mariners with the terrible record in the one-run games and the bad record in the extra inning games we could point at this series and be like wow the mariners had a chance here to um take the series from houston and separate themselves or overtake houston for that wild card spot but you could just point out a lot of these problems that have been there all season long and unfortunately we're seeing it being magnified here in September which is the worst month of baseball that the Mariners have played I'd have to go back and look at other months of September but this has got to be one of the tougher months ever I can ever remember at least when Things really mattered, um, especially when you're going into September wearing track suits and having Reverend run, you know, send you uh, cameos in the in the locker room. And uh, gosh, I, I, there was just one point tonight where Julia, Julio had struck an out. This is after the uh, um, incident that we'll get into more in depth later, but I remember Julio had just recorded his uh, golden sombrero and, as, and made the last out of the inning and was walking out to center field, obviously disgusted with himself, and Run DMC was playing, uh, which was – I just kind of laughed just like that. I go, oh, this is bad. This is a bad night. Um, I can't remember the time I left early from a game. I left in the ninth inning. Uh, had to beat the traffic back and god bless listening to rick riz trying to um cheer us up um and say hey we got the texas rangers coming into town and uh you know we got to try to get that sweep get three out of four breaking down the uh scenarios of how the mariners can get back into this thing in the last four days and we'll get into that a little bit later uh, more in depth but yeah this was a tough one this was um tough one you had the crowd there braving the um rain you know which is right coming right off the heels of summer so just the regular rain feels like it's like a winter storm already um but As far as the Mariners are concerned, but just to wrangle it all back in, I think for today's episode, I think we should just focus on two things. Uh, One, the scenarios of what the Mariners need now. Um, They do not control their own destiny right now. The fate is out of their hands they're gonna need help i guess they do control their destiny of of hey they gotta just win you gotta win you can't lose or if you do lose you can maybe lose once we'll talk about that um break down all those scenarios and of course we gotta jump in and talk about what happened with julio and hector neris there's gonna be a big big fallout maybe it's already Maybe more information has come out by the time you listen to this episode. But I think those are the three things. Um, I could sit here and talk about this series. Um, but I feel like, you know, we, we, we're we just seeing everything that we've seen. We, the inconsistency. We're seeing a team press. Um, and you're running into uh, a team that is perennial uh world series team no matter what their regular season record is at this time of the year uh they're usually pretty deadly i know houston's been um a little shaky so are the rangers so are the mariners um but as of right now those two teams seem like they've um steadied themselves they've gotten healthy we're playing a houston team with uh i don't know this guy's Who's this dude? Oh yeah, Justin Verlander. They also got Michael Brantley back and they got the rest of the scary guys. You got Alvarez just taking us deep. I know we walked him a couple of times in the series but the times we didn't, he definitely made us pay. Um, We also saw a team that plays uh, tighter defense than the Mariners in this series and that's kind of been like one of the things this year. Anyways, I am kind of just I know that the Mariners could possibly turn this around, uh, but I'll leave all the X's and O's and breaking all that stuff down when I get Hanno back here on the podcast. So for this episode, let's get into the scenarios. Let's get into the scoreboard watching. Let's get into the Hector Neris Julio incident, and then let's Let's finish on like a positive note. Let's listen to a little bit more of the Pike Street drummer. If you were down there, if you've been watching the broadcast, I'm not sure if they show this, but uh, Chris Anderson, who just did an episode with us last week, has been playing in T-Mobile Park. It was pretty cool. I saw him playing Eye of the Tiger tonight. Awesome guy. Always keeps the good vibes going. Uh, We'll finish up with that. But right after this, let's talk about the shit that went down with Julio and Hector Neris. Of the Houston Astros.
0: Hi this is Tom Pachark of the Seattle Mariners inviting everybody to come on out to the Kingdome on August 23rd for Mariners funny nose glasses night. Be the first in your neighborhood Tom, to have... Tom I'm sorry August 23rd is not funny nose glasses night it's jacket night Tom. Jacket night. Yes every jacket. kid 14 and under gets an official Mariners vinyl jacket free Tom. Jacket no 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 funny nose no glasses nose. no I'm sorry hmm What am I going to do with 30,000 pairs of funny nose glasses? That's your problem, Tom. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Uh, the press conferences have happened. I've listened to what Scott Server said, said he didn't really know much about it. Listen to what a Eugenio Suarez said, had lots of opinions um, and his accounts of it and his strong feelings about it. Julio was not available for comment, but was surprised that it happened. Uh, Let's just take a little bit of this back. Uh, Obviously the Mariners and the Astros have had a lot of these bench clearing, everybody posturing for position, no punches thrown going back to 2021. I mean, we're talking... uh, back when the Grand Slam happened from uh, Dylan Moore and JP getting hit by the ball going into last season where we had the incident down in Houston where the ball was thrown behind Ty France. Uh, this year we've had the Caballero one. Uh, I don't, we're missing a couple of them here. Uh, but all accounts, uh, Naris and Julio, our friends, they both played on the Dominican Republic team. Um, and for me, being there tonight, right there off the third baseline, uh, didn't get everything like you did in the broadcast, and they're not going to play it up on the big screen. But um, I could tell right away that something was weird, just from the angle of the pitcher, why I've never seen a, a pitcher walk or kind of like charge towards a hitter and he definitely had these demonstrative moves going towards julio julio's face which was pointed to us on the third baseline looked pretty surprised about it and then obviously he was having a tough night um things from there boiled over we've heard You know, what Eugenio Suarez has said about it uh, after the postgame. Scott Service didn't have much to say. I think he left it to Eugenio to uh, take care of that with the press. All accounts now is that he was saying in Spanish uh, a homophobic slur, which I'm sure maybe by the time that this recording's come out, uh, there's going to be more on that. Is there going to be a suspension? I would think so from that i think that's worthy of one uh could we see it this weekend maybe could that affect the series with arizona absolutely especially you know taking something away from the strong point of the houston astros which is their bullpen But uh, let's just dive a little bit more into this. Uh, I'm going to see what Daniel Kramer here. uh, He has something here. I'm sure you could just Google this anywhere. Bench is clear as Astros Mariners battle for a wildcard spot gets heated. Again, um, you can check this out on MLB. Uh, It says tensions always run high when the Mariners and the Astros meet. Now, going off this article as I skim through it, it says the video replay appeared to show Neris making a slur in Spanish during the exchange, which was later confirmed by the Mariner's third baseman, by the Mariner's third baseman, Eugenio Suarez, who was on the on-deck circle during the incident. Quote, I heard that and it pissed me off, Suarez said. Quote, I was mad and I let him know, like, why did you do that? Why did you do that to us? If you want to enjoy your strikeout, you enjoy the strikeout and go to your dugout. Don't do that. Don't walk and chase Julio and do all that stuff he did. For me, for me, I don't take that. That made me so mad. Uh, it also says, like I said earlier, it says Rodriguez was not available for postgame, but uh, the spokesperson for the Mariners said he didn't feel like there was any animosity between them entering the game And, quote, he was shocked that Neris shouted at him. The two have a relationship dating back years, have both trained in the offseason at uh, House of Athlete in Tampa, Florida, and both are represented by the uh, Octagon Baseball. Um, Neris said here, it's part of the game and it's emotions. This situation today was nothing personal. I tried to make the team play hard. In a follow-up question, Naris, who at one point called Rodriguez, my friend, during the post-game interview, said, I think maybe he watched me. He got surprised. It was nothing. It wasn't anything personal. Uh, But then Suarez said, from the beginning, I thought it was a joke. But then uh, Suarez also added, from the beginning, I thought it was a joke because they're really good. Before today, they've got a really good relationship. And then he started saying bad words in Spanish. He started saying something that is not good for people who speak Spanish. And when this was happening, uh, Jose Abreu grabbed Neris and ushered him towards the dugout. Uh, Rodriguez then shouted in retaliation while walking towards Neris to the point where he was restrained by home plate umpire Larry Vanover, who called an awful game. Then, yeah, the the benches cleared, seemed to uh, de-escalate pretty Quickly, Uh, something that was interesting to watch was uh, Julio going out into center field afterwards. He was being consoled by and calmed down at first by uh, Jared Kelnick, uh, of all people, you know, uh, anger management Jared. Uh, But Jared seemed like he really calmed him down. Julio didn't even have his hat on. He punched the ground a couple of times, squatted when the ball from the ball... when the ball from uh, the bullpen came out that they play catch with in between innings, Julio didn't even like motion for the ball. It kind of just rolled out to right field. Then he and uh, Teoscar Hernandez uh, threw the ball a couple times, and you could see Teoscar Hernandez, you know, trying to settle him down. The inning started. The very first. The very first ball that was hit into play was hit to Julio exactly right where he was standing, made the out and uh it was very apropos and then yeah, everything seemed to unravel. Um and it's pretty interesting. Um, I think I maybe mentioned this at the beginning. Everybody stayed in the stadium even though the Astros were breaking it open late and I don't think it was really because people wanted to see if the Mariners were going to come back I mean I'm sure they wanted the Mariners of course they wanted the Mariners to come back but I think more people were interested in what was going to happen with Julio just considering all of the history I also heard in the press conference that uh, Dusty Baker who has said this many times that the Mariners and Astros have bad blood Scott Service seems to kind of debunked that and seems to always get irritated when he gets asked about that. And I think Scott said something to the effect of, we're just trying to beat them. We're trying to get past them. They're the world champions. You know, basically they run our division, but if you look at back at this, there's been a lot of balls back and forth for a couple of years. Like uh, we were mentioning here. And even in this series, you saw L2 get one. You also seen, uh, Chaz McCormick get one right in the back. In fact, had to get carried off, I believe, on uh, Tuesday night. So, you know, if both of these teams can somehow make it into the playoffs or maybe we got to wait until next year, um, I don't think this is uh, anywhere near being over with. But uh, we'll have to see what happens here throughout the day again. By the time this recording comes out, probably more uh, information will be out there. But uh, that's very interesting. If you had not seen this yet, go watch it. Get in with what's going on.
2: I have a little project.
0: Well, once again, Edgar Martinez is using Eagle Hardware's incredible selection of brand name power tools for his latest project. And uh, here's a surprise. Uh, For once, it's not a bat. Oh, it is a bat.
2: It's a light bat. Eagle Hardware and Garden. More of everything.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: As of right now, Thursday morning, you're waking up, you're listening to this, you're looking up and you're going, the Mariners are a game and a half out of the third spot from the Houston Astros from this game that they just played. The Houston Astros do not play today, but they play this weekend against the Arizona Diamondbacks. The bad news is that the Mariners going into Friday can only pull themselves up within a game of the Houston Astros if they win on Thursday night. If the Mariners could sweep the Texas Rangers, which is a tall task, but also the Rangers could possibly clinch all of the AL West and possibly rest some guys, but let's not get ahead of ourselves here. So if the Mariners can win all four games against the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros lose one game to the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Mariners are in. But if we're being more realistic or less greedy, let's just say the Mariners win three of four from the Texas Rangers and the Astros lose two of three from Arizona, the Mariners are in. But let's just say the Arizona Diamondbacks want to be really, really helpful to the Seattle Mariners and sweep the Houston Astros. Then the Mariners need to at least split the series. So again, if the Mariners split the series and the Houston Astros are swept by the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Mariners are in. If the Mariners can win three of four and Houston can lose two of three, the Mariners are in. If the Mariners can take all four against the Texas Rangers, and the Houston Astros lose one game, the Mariners are in. So those are the odds. The Mariners' backs are definitely against the wall. And I know it's hard to see this happening. It also triggers back to many of the years, the Kyle Seager years, the Felix Hernandez years, back in the 2000s where the Mariners have had these chances going into the final week. They've never really had the fate in their hands except for last year in a very long time. But in these other situations where we have been chasing a game out, a game and a half out, going into the last series of the year, traditionally it hasn't worked out for the Mariners. But the Mariners still have a unique opportunity right now. We've seen a lot of help this month. I think we've had a couple of episodes where I might have even used the same title. The Mariners are getting help, but they can't help themselves. Uh, will that help continue on coming our way? I mean, we're seeing it right now with Toronto. And I know when I was listening to the post-game show, listening to Shannon Dreher, listening to Gary Hill Jr., and the broadcast team breaking down the scenarios of how tough it's going to be and what the Mariners need to do to catch. Houston, but let's not forget about the Toronto Blue Jays. Yes, it's more of a reach. They're holding down the number two spot. And currently at the time of this recording, the Toronto Blue Jays have four games left, just like the Mariners. They have a game today with the New York Yankees, who they've been losing to. And then this weekend, they play the Tampa Bay Rays. Who have already clinched the number one wild card spot and still have a very outside, and I'd say very slim to outside chance of catching the Orioles for the division title. Either way, the number one slot for the wild card has been long gone. Yes, if you're a postseason uh, ticket holder already and you've made your payment. You're kind of going like, why did we get charged for the number one wildcard spot when we knew that was never happening here? I think they charged you for three games. You do get your money back, but basically the Mariners are borrowing your money. Sorry, I didn't mean to get off topic here, but yeah, it's a thing. Anyways, as it stands right now, again, Toronto Blue Jays are two games ahead of the Seattle Mariners. We have four games, so let's do the math. If the Mariners can sweep the Rangers and Toronto loses two of the next four games we will tie them and the mariners hold the tiebreaker and if you're sitting there going wait a second how do we own the tiebreaker didn't we split the series three three yes we did but our division oh sorry our record versus our division is light years ahead and better than what the toronto blue jays have versus their division believe it or not. Let's remember the Mariners have beaten the crap out of the Oakland A's and they took the season series against the Houston Astros and we've beat up on the Anaheim Angels. Yeah, Texas has given us a pretty hard time, but the Toronto Blue Jays record against their division is horrid. So I know a lot of the emphasis is catching the Houston Astros, but there is an outside chance that maybe the Astros and the Mariners can get into the into the wild card round. Again, we're talking about hope. We're thinking of the scenarios. We're looking for help. So yes, the New York Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays could help out the Mariners in this situation. But again, the Mariners got to help themselves. The hard part about this is Baltimore's probably going to wrap up the East. So you could possibly see, and not possibly, more than likely you're going to see Tampa Bay rest people especially the pitching Toronto's probably not going to be playing a Tampa Bay team going full throttle the only way that's probably going to happen is if the Baltimore Orioles can go on a slide here over the weekend so that's another thing that you want to probably keep a look at when you're scoreboard watching so just to quickly recap really quick the Mariners need to just take care of business if they can just take care of business getting three or four or sweep this series, then you just need a little help. If you can't do that, then you are basically hat in hand begging the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Baltimore Orioles to shit the bed. So that is the scenario that the Mariners need to get into the postseason. And I'm pretty sure I skipped over this tidbit of information I mean you can obviously go look this up yourself but the Arizona Diamondbacks right now are holding on to the number two wild card in the NL they have a two-game lead over the Cubs and the Marlins that are uh, in a deadlock tie right there behind them uh, Arizona plays the Chicago White Sox today then of course the Astros so maybe uh, you know you might want Arizona to lose against the White Sox, so that even gets a little bit closer to make sure that Arizona is definitely out there trying to win every game through 162. So anyways, those are the scenarios. Those are the math. If you don't believe me, Google it. Get out the calculator. Uh, go to the Statcast. Go to whatever alternative math news that you get. Figure it out. Anyways, the- That's what we're up against, and that's the hope we need. And these are the favors that we are asking for. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline. Like I said at the top, we're going to finish positive. We're going to play another uh, portion or excerpt from my conversation with Chris Anderson, aka the Pike Street drummer. You see him every time you come into T Mobile Park, coming through the left field gate. As I mentioned at the top, He is playing this week inside T-Mobile Park. I believe he's up near the uh, Hit It Here Cafe, definitely out in the right field. At least that's what it looked like. I was too cold and tired to uh, walk up to go say what's up to him. So if you're listening, Chris, I'll try to catch you later this weekend. But I'm going to play another excerpt from the episode. You should go back and check out that full episode. It's pretty cool. It's the episode that says, Meet the Pike Street Drummer, Chris Anderson. Um, This excerpt is uh, an interesting one. Uh, His name is the Pike Street Drummer that he goes by. But if you go to Pike Street and look for him, uh, he's not there anymore. And if you don't know the story, if you don't know the news, uh, if you're not familiar with the news story, I should say, I mean, you can Google it or you can just listen to this and uh, here it is and i know that you got your start on first and pike right outside the Pike place i'm reading these articles that that everybody has covered here all the news covered uh just to bring everybody up to speed, can you tell us about that at all
2: so yeah so i was playing on first and pike for about um a year to a year and a half and then i started to get uh complaints from a condo that was in that area and it was i know exactly who the complaint people were because they came down personally and talked to me. And so, um, I think a couple of those residents had some higher up friends in the department of transportation, department of transportation runs the, uh, the city streets and, and corners, downtown Seattle. So, um, residents complained to them and then they then started to target me, um, with fines and, and, uh, citations and stuff like that. And I just couldn't figure out uh you know me being out here bringing all these people together. I wasn't obstructing any traffic or anything like that, like why was I at the top of their priority list for downtown um at the top so out know, of I, all the
1: things yeah, out of that was, all the things
2: that was really listen
1: you're you're keeping too many we don't want the good vibes right now, so what was the complaint so, so what the,
2: like a noise they were like. Man, so one of the one of the residents actually came down and told me, he said, Hey, um, you know, me and my wife, we stay here on the weekends from our from our home on Orcas Island, and like she can't get any rest on the weekends. And I was like, dude, do you hear yourself? And so another lady was like, uh, you know, they just had a baby and like our music my music was like just too loud. And I wasn't like playing at eight in the morning. I had like a set schedule on First and Pike where it was like Thursday through Um, Sunday from probably like 11 to 3 or 11 to 4 you know because Pike Place Market starts to slow down with the foot traffic around 4 and 5 so I wasn't out there every day and also you're like in the middle of downtown like in the hub of everything going on and you want peace and quiet like why would you even pick that location and not expect street noise or just the ambiance
1: yeah that's like living on the beach and going I don't want sand on any of my shit
2: these ocean waves are driving me crazy.
1: Um, yeah. so what ended up being the conclusion?
2: So so I just stopped playing, I just stopped playing on first and pike, and that was kind of uh when I started uh playing just uh exclusively at the Mariners games. But what's crazy is uh the Department of Tourism uh just recently reached out to me, um, and we shot a commercial um for the city, the city of Seattle. You know, those commercials where it's like come to alaska and they like show all this so they shot a commercial and they wanted to use me Mm -hmm. as backing track and my relationship with uh tourists and and just residents in first and pop so i thought that was crazy because just like two years prior they were actually a part of like the reason they wanted me to get out of that location but now i guess everybody forgot about that and they're like hey can you come help us shoot this this tourism commercial to show how awesome Seattle is. And I was just like, Yeah, I'll do it. You just gotta pay
1: me. Yeah. You gotta pay me. <laughs> yeah. And the price just went up, just, just like doubled. the condos. Yeah. And uh did you also request, hey, I we gotta do it right here on First and Pike.
2: Well, they actually suggested that. They're like, Hey, we want <laughs>
0: it was their idea. They
2: were like, Yo, can you come <laughs> back to First and Pike? But also, man, I got like crazy, I probably got like $4,000 in fines from the Department of Transportation. And wow. I was like, you know, like, who's going to cover these fines? Because I'm not paying it. I'm not paying it. You know, I felt like what I was doing was actually enhancing the vibe of the city. Because like, uh, first in Pike, there's a lot of tourists. And like, when they show up, they just think that's what's happening in Seattle. Like, the whoa, they got like this going on on a corner. In Seattle. And so, like, I felt I was helping the city out, and the city to then start to target me and just make me public enemy number one for playing Michael Jackson it was crazy.
1: <laughs> I know, just a, tra- a tragedy. It's just a tragedy, especially for the people from Orcas Island. All right, that's our episode for today. We might be back tomorrow. We'll definitely be back uh, Monday morning, hopefully talking about all the help we got and all the ass kicking that has happened. If you are going down to the games this weekend, and I hope you are, come by Tacos and Tequila on Sunday. We'll be down there recording. That's right there on Occidental. You've been down there. You know what's going on it's literally just about the last stop. It is the last bar if you're walking on Occidental, uh, going south into T-Mobile Park, in through the left field gate, where you'll see the Pike Street drummer before you go see him again. And then you'll see him again when you walk out, when the Mariners are going to the playoffs. See, we're keeping it positive here. Anyways, thank you for liking, subscribing and all of that good stuff hit up at simply.car hey if you need a cameo hit up tom hutler Mariners PA announcer he's got some fun specials going on and yeah i know you're out working out there hard probably waiting to see if i got this episode out on time you know what time it is <coughs> charge hashtag believe hashtag cs rise hashtag soto mojo hashtag please god